Welcome to this month's Bonkers.ie podcast, where I, Quiva, will be joined by energy-saving expert Dara Cassidy to address the most common energy-saving myths that you may have heard through the grapevine. Over the last 18 months, energy prices have more than doubled, resulting in the average energy consumer paying approximately €1,000 more for their gas and €1,000 more for their electricity. However, with no end in sight to the ongoing energy crisis, more and more of us are searching for ways to reduce our energy consumption in the hopes of lowering our energy bills. But how do we do this? With so many tips and tricks out there, it can be difficult to separate fact from fiction and know what advice to follow and what to avoid. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Hey Dara, great to see you again. Thank you, Quiver. I think I can speak for everyone when I say I am worried about my upcoming energy bill this winter. I live with five other people and we are actively going out of our way to change our energy consumption, usage and habits. But it's hard to know if anything we are doing is making a difference. I recently read your guide where you debunked common energy saving myths. And I'm going to run through them with you one by one and throw in some of my own questions so our listeners know how to cut the cost of their energy bills. So let's get started. Number one. I'll save money by putting on the dishwasher or the washing machine later in the evening. So this is a big myth that is out there at the moment. And whether or not you'll save money by pulling on an appliance later at night depends on the type of meter that you have installed. At the moment in Ireland, there is a threat of blackouts this winter, which you've probably heard about. And the government and the energy regulator and Airgrid, which manages the grid, has been trying to encourage people to use their energy outside of the peak times. But I think that's kind of confused people into thinking as well that if they use their energy outside of peak times that they'll save money, they might help protect the grid by using their energy when there's less pressure on the grid, but they won't necessarily save money if they just have a normal meter. So if you have, Quiva, a normal standard 24-hour meter, you are charged the same price for your electricity 24-7. So whether you pull on the dishwasher or the washing machine at 8 in the morning, 8 in the evening or 2 in the afternoon, it's not going to make a difference. However, if you have a night saver meter, okay, and a night saver meter records electricity consumption during daytime hours and evening hours at a different rate, you can save money if you use your appliances later. The time that you'll save money depends. So during summertime, so between the hours of 12 midnight and 9 a.m., you can go up to maybe half price electricity. And during wintertime, so when the clock's go back, you can get up to half price energy if you use appliances after 11pm in the evening or 8am in the morning. And then on top of that, if you have a smart meter and you've signed up for a smart tariff, you can save money by using your appliances, particularly outside the hours of 5 to 7pm. But just to reiterate, if you just have a normal 24-7 standard meter, you're not going to save anything because your electricity is being charged at the same rate throughout the whole day and night. Wait a second now. Is it dangerous to be putting your appliances on at night time? Because I thought it was. Okay, yes, and it can be. The, I suppose it's really up to the individual person themselves to weigh up the risk and the reward. Now, I'm a bit of a night owl myself, so particularly during 
you know, winter time, I often wouldn't be going to bed until maybe midnight or one. So I'd put the washing machine and the dishwasher on at 11 p.m. And I'm comfortable with that. And I have a smoke alarm as well. But often the appliances actually finish running by the time I'm actually fully in bed. On the flip side, you could have families in particular where they're up very, very early, maybe up at six o'clock or seven o'clock in the morning. You can pull on your appliances in the morning. So you don't necessarily have to put them on, you know, at the dead of night. But it is ultimately something that you do need to weigh up yourself because, of course, there can be a slight risk. But certainly with more modern appliances, it can, um, you know, that risk is obviously great greatly reduced but just thinking of some of the savings by running your appliances at night if you're in a household and you're maybe pulling on the dishwasher I'll use maybe only a, a, a small household so you're putting on the dishwasher twice a week you're pulling on a wash twice a week and you're using the tumble dryer maybe for two hours a week a bi-monthly bill, so over the course of maybe eight weeks, you could save maybe 25 euro, 30 euro in electricity costs at today's rate. So, you know, that's not an insignificant amount of money. But ultimately, yeah, there is a little bit of a risk, but you just need to weigh up that risk and that reward. So our next myth, it's expensive to run the dishwasher. You should wash by hand instead. So again, this is false particularly more modern dishwashers, so one that's maybe been made within the past maybe seven or eight years, they're made to run really, really efficiently. They use around half the water that you would usually use if you were washing your dishes by hand. Some of the ultra-modern ones, so the ones that are being made today, can use up to only a third of the water that you use. And they use hardly any electricity, particularly if you use an eco setting. But even if you don't, even if you pull it on a standard 65 degree setting, your dishwasher is going to use hardly any electricity and way less water. So in general, it's good for the environment and it's good for your pockets. The thing to remember is only pull it on when it is full. So don't be pulling on half loads. Um, if you have a night saver meter or a smart meter, as we've just discussed, you can save even more by putting it on in the evening or at certain times. And um, yeah, like at, at today's rates, a 65 degree wash would cost maybe about 65 cents. So uh, a dishwasher will use around one and a half units of electricity. Uh, and that equates to around 65 cents per wash. So it's not a, you know, a huge amount of money. And as I said, if you're putting on the immersion or if you're putting on the hot water just to do dishes, you're going to, in general, use more energy and more water. And you could say as well, the result won't be quite so nice. You mentioned there a few times smart meters. Will I save more money if I have a smart meter installed? So this is a really, really hot topic at the moment. And it depends. So... Just quickly to explain what a smart meter is. So it's a new type of meter that is able to record your electricity consumption remotely. So you won't get estimated bills. No strange man or woman needs to come knocking on your door to try and take a meter reading. And also there is the potential for you to have way more insights and data over your energy usage, which can hopefully help you save a little bit on your bills. I mean, I've got a Spotify account and every month Spotify gives me more information on my music listening habits than I get about my you know electricity consumption habits. So smart meters can really give you more insights as to what appliances are using the most money and then you can make informed decisions. The other thing that they can do, and this is what's been in the news a lot lately, is you can have these so-called time of use smart tariffs where you can be charged potentially a different rate of electricity every hour potentially. But the ones that are out there at the moment, they usually charge you 
three different rates for electricity a peak rate 5 to 7 p.m a night rate 11 p.m to 8 a.m and then the other rate the off-peak rate are the hours outside of that now there's other plans that can offer you free electricity at the weekend or there's ones that are specially developed for people with electric cars where they offer a really really cheap rate at maybe you know two to four in the morning so you can save money, but certainly up until recently, the problem has been some of the smart tariffs haven't actually been great value. And some people may actually end up spending a little bit more on their electricity if they move to one of these tariffs. So it's just important that you get good information and that you sign up to the right tariff for you. Because ultimately, I think smart meters are a really good idea. They can absolutely help people save, but just the pricing of some of the smart tariffs at the moment isn't great so smart tariffs will they save you money it depends now this is something we did in my house growing up all the time we believed it is better to keep the immersion on 24 7 than turning it on and off during the day so this is such an irish thing isn't it the immersion there's so many jokes and memes about it and the answer is no i mean get a good lagging jacket for your immersion of course but Keeping it on 24-7 does absolutely not save you money. That's kind of like saying, oh, should I keep the kettle boiled 24-7 just in case I want to have hot water when I get a cup of tea? So it it really is a a big no-no. Only heat water for when you need it. Now, having said that, if you do keep the immersion on, 24 hours by mistake um, which is the big fear everyone has it's not going to use quite so much electricity as you might think because your water has been heated up so it's kind of topping it up but that doesn't mean it's a good idea to do it you're wasting money you're wasting electricity so only put on the immersion for when you need it Right, well, I'll have to tell my mother that, um, <laughs> that trick. But talking about energy wastage, once the appliance is turned off, it's not using energy. So again, false. Now, this isn't as big an issue as it used to be. So when you have appliances plugged in, particularly games consoles, computers, laptops, they can continue to draw a little bit of electricity when they're in standby mode sometimes even if they're not in standby mode but they're just plugged in they can still use a tiny bit of electricity and sometimes up to 10 percent of the electricity that a device uses is for this standby electricity it's sometimes called vampire electricity for you know obvious reasons so my advice to people is no if you really want to save unplug everything don't leave it plugged in now are you going to unplug absolutely everything when you're going to bed or you know every single hour that you leave a room no of course not and my advice to people would be if you're going away for a few days and you're not going to be at home and no one's going to be at home I'd unplug as much as you can so obviously you know turning off the immersion I'd unplug everything in the kitchen the TV the router everything on a day-to-day basis try and plug as many things as you can but you know the router I mean the kids would go absolutely crazy the next morning if you'd unplugged the router and it hadn't been plugged back in but I would do certainly games consoles and laptops and computers and maybe TVs as well some of those kind of you know, big plasma TVs can you know, even though they're quite efficient the newer ones they don't use a huge amount of energy I, I don't plug those as well Now I and I'm sure a lot of people will do this as well I charge my phone overnight so there will come a point in the night where my phone is fully charged, but it's still plugged in. So is that using up a lot of energy? And if so, is it costing me a lot of money? 
it's not probably costing you a lot of money. And again, if you have a night saver meter or a smart meter, it's probably cheaper to plug it in at night. So you need to weigh that up. There is the issue, of course, around safety. You do hear of people having their phones go on fire and blow up and whatnot. But ideally, if you want to be really, really good, you would unplug it when it's when it's fully charged. Now, modern phones, like most modern appliances, they're made way more efficiently. This issue isn't as bad as it used to be around you know, standby electricity loss or you know using electricity when in standby mode. But in an ideal world, if you can, when the phone, when the laptop gets to 100%, unplug it. And what about computers? Now, I know you just mentioned them, but when I put them on sleep mode, is that actually beneficial or should I be turning them off completely? I know you'd mentioned that. Again, if possible, do turn them off and unplug them at night. Now, it's funny with certainly, I think, desktop computers, we're using them way more in our homes than we would have because we're all working from home. And I would say to people, do be mindful of the settings on your desktop computer so don't have the brightness on the screen too high because that means it's going to use more electricity make sure it goes into kind of standby mode or sleep mode after maybe only a minute or two of inactive usage so do look at that because it is an appliance that maybe we wouldn't have given much thought to previously but now that we're all working from home way more it is but again in sleep mode or in inactive mode it is going to be drawing a tiny amount of energy and a tiny amount of electricity it's not going to break the bank it's not like leaving the immersion on or you know leaving the lights on for days on end or whatnot or staying in the electric shower for too long but anything that is plugged in has the potential to draw a tiny bit of energy in my house we're actually banned from using this appliance so if you could just settle a debate (laughs) the tumble dryer is the most expensive appliance to run true or false in some ways it's false because most households are not going to have the tumble dryer on 24-7. Does a tumble dryer use a lot of electricity? It does. But just maybe to look at some of the figures, okay? In most homes, the electric shower, if you have one, or even the oven is what's going to cost you more overall as you'll use these appliances way more. So for example, if you have a small family, you might use the tumble dryer for three hours a week or maybe slightly less. But if it was three hours, that's two one and a half hour loads. So at today's rates, now people probably haven't felt these yet because they only came in on the 1st of October but at today's pretty high rates that three hours would cost you 387 okay so that's based on electric Ireland standard rates now again potentially less if you have a night saver measure or a smart measure and you're using it at night but if all four people in your home took one five minute electric shower a day you're looking at a cost of over nine euro so a five minute electric shower at today's rates can cost you around 30 to 35 cents electric showers use a huge amount of electricity because they're heating up water instantaneously now if you use the immersion for your hot water it might cost you a little bit less but again heating water ain't cheap so it's you know it's probably going to be something similar now looking at the oven okay so if you're doing a sunday roast for an hour on your Sunday and then maybe three more hours of cooking during the week, you're looking at just over four euro a week for that. So as you can see, tumble dryer, while expensive to run, it's actually not really the appliance I would argue that you need to be most concerned about. It's the cooker, particularly the oven, the electric cooker, if it's electric, the electric shower and even the immersion. I mean, heating your tank, if you have an immersion, is going to cost you about maybe €2.50 if you're heating a tank fully from cold water. So about like a day's 
usage is 258. Air fryers, microwaves, slow cookers are all way more energy efficient. So, you know, maybe invest in one of those. Now, turning on and off the lights too regularly will increase costs. Again, this is a no. So I think some Irish people, maybe other people as well, are under the assumption that turning on and off appliances too regularly uses more electricity. And if you're leaving the room, you know, for a few minutes or if you're going to come back within maybe, you know, a half an hour, keep the lights on, keep the TV on. And the answer is no. If you're if you're leaving the room, even if it's only for a short period of time, you will save money by turning everything off. When you turn on a light, it does for like a fraction of a second need to use a little bit more electricity to light up. But like it, we're talking a fraction of a second. So where possible, turn off the lights. Again, I mean, if you're leaving the room and like someone's there, you're not going to plunge them into darkness because you're, you, you've gone. But just if you're by yourself or the whole family is leaving for a few minutes, you actually will save money by turning everything off. Yeah, it's just about being mindful, isn't it? Yeah. Quicker clothes washes are always cheaper. Not really. It depends. So people need to remember that when you use the dishwasher or the washing machine, up to 80% of the electricity that the appliance uses is for heating the water. Heating water costs a lot of money. So, you know, I know this isn't necessarily about, I'm not here to talk about energy savings tips, it's more myths, but like if you're looking to save money on your electricity bill, be mindful of wasting hot water. It costs money to heat it. So when you are using a dishwasher, like I said, or the dish or the washing machine, up to 80% of the cost is for heating the water. So if you put on, let's say, maybe an eco setting or an energy saving setting, sometimes they can last longer, which can kind of confuse people. But the reason they last longer is because the 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 appliance is heating up the water so slowly to help you use less electricity and less energy. But on the flip side, if you have maybe a, a power wash or a, a quick wash feature, if you're putting that on at a 40 degree or a 60 degree setting, it can sometimes actually cost more because it means conversely, the appliance has to heat the water quicker. So the length of time that an appliance runs for doesn't actually correspond to its cost. And the best thing to do is always look at the manual you get when you get an appliance. Now, there's probably some people listening and they could have dishwashers and washing machines that are maybe 10 years old and the handbook has been long thrown out. But I would say if you think you still have a try find it, if you are buying an appliance new absolutely keep the handbook and read it because it'll actually go through the cost and the electricity consumption of every single setting and every permutation of every you know each setting and whatnot so the answer is actually no if something is shorter it doesn't mean it's going to be cheaper necessarily i've noticed with my own washing machine that our eco setting is way longer than oh, yeah. the normal yeah, wash yeah yeah i think mine is like four hours and i'll actually be honest sometimes i just i can't psychologically use it because i'm like i can't have that thing running for four hours surely it's not going to save me money but it actually will so just be mindful of that so this is a topic that's become really popular this year especially with everything that is going on and our strive towards renewable energy Mm -hmm. in ireland and a lot of people are considering getting solar panels but do they only work in summer no they work throughout the year potentially What people need to remember is that a solar panel works by converting the sun's light 
into electricity. So it's not necessarily the sun. It doesn't have to be sunny as long as there is light. So basically, in short, even on a cold, you know, winter's day, you can get really, really good use out of a solar panel because if it's sunny it's still going to work so it doesn't have to be hot but also even during summer in particular if it's quite cloudy they can still actually work really really well now if it's a really cloudy day in february you're probably not going to get as much use out of them but that's probably a big myth i think most people are beginning to realize that and i think now you see so many solar panels on roofs and the government is now planning to make it even easier for people to get solar panels they're going to remove the planning permission that's needed and i think the greens announced in the budget that they want solar panels put on the roof of every single school so i think when people see them you know that they must be working but certainly i think up until a few years ago there was this fear like oh my god it's Ireland it's hardly the land of the rising sun they're not going to work but no they will and they can work really really well um, so like I said it's just it, it just needs a light so if it's really really cold they can still work if it's cloudy but there's still light they can still work and of course there's grants for solar panels at the moment from the SEAI which is the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland so check them out and now you can also get paid for any energy that you feed back into the system so if you have solar panels or if you even if you have your own little mini wind turbine on a farm let's say and you're selling or producing enough electricity that gets fed back into the grid you can be paid for that so it's a real kind of win-win to get them installed and obviously you're doing your bit for the environment so solar panels are quite expensive so a lot of people wonder if this investment is worth it so how long would it actually take to make the money back that you've invested into solar panels Yeah, that's a good question. In general, it's around four to six years at the moment. Previously, when they would have cost more and when electricity prices weren't quite so high and when you couldn't get paid for selling your electricity back into the grid, the payback period would have been maybe a decade, but that's come down a lot. But they are significant outlay. It's going to cost a few thousand euro regardless of the grant. So it's not something that is going to be possible for everyone. But if you... Do you have a few thousand euro lying around? And a lot of Irish households do. We know from the central bank when they talk about, you know, savings and whatnot. There's a lot of money in Ireland resting in savings accounts and deposit accounts. If you're one of those people, it is, it's a good investment for your money because remember, your money is making practically nothing at the moment. If it's in a savings account or if it's in a deposit account, it's not getting any interest. So investing in solar is one way that you could use your savings. Speaking of renewable energy, a lot of people have signed up to a renewable energy supplier. Now, does all the electricity that comes to your house come from that renewable energy source? So this is really, really controversial. So yes, there's lots of green plants out there. What people need to remember is that there's only one grid in Ireland. There's one electricity grid and there's one gas grid when you change supplier you do not get a man or a woman coming around your house to give you different wires or different pipes or different you know pylons into your home we're all feeding and getting our electricity from the same national grid some suppliers like SSE electricity for example and also Electric Ireland they have a lot of wind farms actually SSE electricity also has an oil powered plant as well I think but they will say with all their you know wind farms that they're a 100% renewable supplier but what they're doing is their wind farms are making renewable energy and yes they're feeding that renewable energy into the grid but as a customer when we turn on our lights you know we're feeding from the national grid 
And overall, the national grid is powered by around 40% wind and around maybe 50% gas and then around maybe 10% coal. So really at any given time, no matter who you've actually signed up to, your energy is not necessarily going to be 100% green. Now, you could argue that by signing up to a green supplier, you're supporting that supplier to invest in green energy. But I just personally think it is a little bit of a con for electricity to be sold as green. And I think the CRU needs to be a bit more careful about how it's done. I mean, you even hear now of some suppliers talking about green gas. How can gas be green? It's, it's, It's greenwashing. And also another way of looking at it is if your energy was 100% renewable, you'd have no lights and you wouldn't be able to boil the kettle when the wind isn't blowing, you know, or at night time when there's no sun and it's a cold, calm winter's evening, you know, when there isn't like a breath of wind. If you really had only 100% renewable energy, sure, you would have no electricity. So, of course, you're getting your electricity from the same sources as everyone else. So, yeah. I'm not a fan, to be honest, and I think there's a lot of questions as to how it is marketed. And if we want to go green, it has to be at a government level. So it has to be the ESB, air grids, the energy regulator, the Irish government investing in more wind farms, more solar panels, renewable methane kind of gas sources, things like that, biofuels, things like that. That's what's going to make our electricity more green, not just signing up to a green supplier. And just to kind of finish the point, another way of thinking about it logically is, you know, if, if tomorrow every single person in the country signed up to a green energy deal, it would not affect our carbon emissions at all, one iota, because it would still be 40% wind, 50% approximately gas, and you know around 10% coal. That's really interesting to learn, and I think it's really, really important because there's a lot of people out there who are paying extra money in order to support green energy, and in times like this when energy prices are so expensive. Yeah, no, no, you're right. And my other point as well is that I think sometimes people, they sign up to a, and I'm doing air quotes here, you know, a green deal. And then they think, oh, I've done my bit for the environment. So then they take the car to only go down to the shops or they've no problem taking a short haul plane journey or, you know, whatever. And they don't try and be greener citizens because they've actually done their part where actually they haven't. And I would kind of say, if you want to do your bit for the environment, look at ways to reduce your energy consumption and try to take a few fewer car journeys, cut back on your meat consumption if you can and mind your use of plastic they'd be my main things so you've given us lots of myths now and addressed them so can you give us a few tips on how to save energy so just quickly the first one is still obviously to switch supplier now some of the discounts aren't as great as they used to be having said that because energy prices have gone up so much a 10 percent discount now will actually save you around maybe five or six hundred euro which is what a 40 percent discount would have saved you around two years ago so don't let that put you off you do not want to be overpaying for your gas and electricity. This is really the one winter you don't want to be doing it. A lot of households are going to get bill shock over the next few weeks when those bills come in. The next thing is then to look at ways to reduce your consumption, some of which we've tipped on. Obviously, the Bonkers.ie blog and our guides have lots of information about how to use less electricity. 
the SEAI website has good information as well. And, you know, I think when you talk about energy savings tips, sometimes people, they roll their eyes. And I know there's some people who might be listening who are really, really struggling and they've done all of these things. But, you know, this is the year that we kind of, you know, need to double down. So, you know, moving your usage to maybe the nighttime when it's less expensive, if you have a smart meter or a night saver meter, um, cooking clever, we discussed how, you know, expensive it can be to use the oven. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say to people take shorter showers, as I know that really annoys people. But like if you're putting in, you know, the conditioner or you're having an elaborate routine and using the body scrub, maybe just turn off the shower for minutes while you're letting it set and then you can turn it back on. Uh, be mindful of the fridge. So a fridge is on all day, every day. So it's going to cost you around a tenner a month, maybe even more to use unless you have an ultra modern fridge. So just don't put hot food straight into the fridge. So some people might be doing batch cooking on a Sunday. Wait till it cools down because if you put hot food into the fridge, it needs to work extra hard. The fridge in the freezer to cool it and it uses more energy. And for every maybe 10 seconds that you have the fridge open, it takes 45 minutes for it to cool down to its original temperature. So just be mindful of opening and closing the fridge. Use cooler washes. So those eco settings, even though they may be four hours long, <laughs> <laughs> they might kind of might kind of freak you out and you know, unplug those appliances and yeah, I guess there's lots more information on the SEAI website and on our website. And then also, if you have the money, look at retrofill options. They're not cheap, but things like alloc insulation, solar panels, and so on. It's grants out there, and you're doing your bit for the environment. And in the medium to long term, your pocket will thank you as well. Great, thank you so much, Sarah. That's been really really helpful. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to this month's podcast. If you want to learn more about the energy saving myths we have discussed today, take a look at our in-depth guide on bonkers.ie. On our website, you will also find our top tips on how to reduce your energy consumption and bills in our range of energy saving articles, so you can start cutting the cost of your bills today. If you have any questions, comments, or myths of your own to share, reach out to our team on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the bonkers.ie podcast on your podcast app of choice. We also want to congratulate Jean Hanlon and Esther Ellis, who have both won a pair of tickets to see Robbie Williams at the Tree Arena this October. Keep an eye on our social media pages and our monthly newsletter to find out about our latest news and competitions. Thanks for listening.